0: Welcome to a special edition of the Iumi Podcast. On this episode, Chair of Iumi's data and digitalization forum, Patricia Kern, interviews Osher Perry, founder and CEO of ShipIn Systems. ShipIn offers onboard CCTV solutions for vessels
1: that allows shoreside personnel to get the visibility needed during critical operations. It is also an Iumi professional partner. Together, Patricia and Osha discuss the digitization of marine insurance, working alongside clients in an age of rapid digital expansion accessing relevant data, implementing digitized business conduct, and much more. For
0: previous podcast episodes, please visit ayumi.com. Hi, everybody. Today, uh, we have uh, the pleasure of uh, having Osher Perry, CEO of uh, Shibin, joining our uh, Ayumi podcast. Osher, welcome. Thank you very much for accepting our invitation. We are very looking forward to the chat with you today. And my first question is, how did you join the marine industry?
1: First, thank you for having me. So it's a pleasure to be here and, and speaking with you. The To answer the first question, how did I start uh, in the marine industry? So I started uh, by growing uh, on a coastline, just south of Tel Aviv, and then spent about 10 years of my life sailing. Eight years with the uh, Israeli Navy. So I was the chief officer of the, the largest uh, Navy vessel there. And then two more years privately circumnavigating the world. So, 10 years of my life at sea, then came back to business school, worked in investments, worked in different technology companies in the legacy, we call it space, so agriculture and manufacturing. And uh, after about 10 years at sea and uh, seven, eight years in different tech companies, uh, decided to put those two hats together.
0: How did you come to the idea of shipping? What made you think that there was a need for such uh, an innovation?
1: So mentioned briefly, I worked in different uh, legacy industries, right? So industries that have real assets that are, again, have been later, I would say, to adopt, uh, late to adopt the uh, digitalization era and I've had the opportunity to see how those can can transition operating platforms and the way things are done and again like given my my personal passion to the uh, to the seas to the oceans and to the marine environment I chose to start looking at where there could be opportunities for that type of digitalization effort within the marine uh, space it started with a decision to to look at what are the Main areas that ca- how vessels currently operate, how people might envision the smart ships of the future, what gaps exist, uh, and then look at what type of solutions have been adopted and proven successful in other industries. And with that, uh, we set uh, we set out. I think it's about four and, four and a half years ago now.
0: Really interesting, but uh, you know, how did it happen that you went from an idea into the first concrete next step?
1: It's not an easy transition, right? Even to come up with this specific idea, what would a solution be? It takes a lot of of research. It takes a lot of evaluation of also what, you know, I mentioned what is the current situation and what might be the future like, but also what are currently people working on, right? And specifically when you talk about the marine industry and you talk about innovation in that space four or five years ago, significantly less activity than now but it was very clear that you can put almost every uh, innovation every tech initiative uh, that was uh, coming up in one of three main buckets Uh, one was the whole use of AIS and the location of the vessels to you know generate data analytics on top of that the second bucket was all about the you know IoT on board the vessels in terms of Flow meters, temperature sensors, and that is you know, to, to equip and start getting uh, data from the, the vessels. Interestingly enough, we, today I believe we're seeing kind of merging of these two capabilities so satellite data and onboard data into single uh, companies or products that provide benefits on the CII, decarbonization, fuel efficiency. These were the majority kind of the initiatives that you would see. The third bucket is everything that has to do with the navigational, situational awareness. How do I move a ship in a safe way from point A to point B? But as we all know, a vessel is more than just a vehicle. It's more like an operating, a manufacturing facility. right? It's an industrial setting where people are working 24-7, operating cranes, machinery, keeping watch. And when you look at it from that perspective, when you look at that industrial setting and you ask yourself a simple question, Say so if I take a hundred million dollar factory and I compare it to a hundred million dollar vessel, what performance management tools do I have in each one of those, right? And we can say that we can see very quickly that you know the the manufacturing at the time they had manufacturing 4.0, then manufacturing x point, and what you you have is a, it starts with the sh- the plant manager being on the shop floor, seeing everything with their own eyes. Then they have a control room with all the information coming in. They can tell at any given point in time their production, their uh, efficiency, their unexpected downtime, root cause analysis. As a ship owner, you don't have one of those $100 million assets. You have 30 of them or 70 or 300 that are trading globally, and they're black boxes. You don't have those performance management tools uh, that you would expect. And so that was the gap that we decided to focus on the realization was that a lot of the value again based on successful case studies from other industries can be done through visual context as well so we have the ai we have the machine learning on detections of the events on board the vessels and elevating it to analytics creating essentially a new operating platform a new fleet management tool and with that to your question once the idea came even before we started the company we drew what would it mean? What are the challenges to, to, have, to, to have a solution like that, that can communicate massive amounts of data from the ship to the shore to make it feasible? And then we took these diagrams and we went to the nearest conference, which in our case is the Connecticut Maritime Association. And we started showing it to different ship owners and tell them, this is what we have. What do you think about this? Does that make sense to you? Would add value to you? And it did. And actually, from that very first conference, we got our first pilot project. With that, we actually formed the company and started developing the the uh, proof of concept. So, if But if I summarize all of it to what does it take to move from, A, how do you get to the idea, the whole process of ideation? And secondly, how do you make it a reality? It's a lot about the commitment, right? It can't really, in my perspective, at least do it as a half-time, part-time, or anything. You have to decide that this is what you're doing. And then, you know, be uh, in a way a self-starter to start moving one step at a time, understanding what needs to happen to generate the next uh, phase, right? So from a startup perspective, you are trying to get customers to get the investments to build the product that you will sell to the customers. And so you always have this juggling act of making small steps, getting a letter of intent from an owner that will tell you, if you build this, I'm interested, going to the investors and telling them, okay, he said he will buy it if we, you know, we're developing this. Will you give us money to build this? And so it is a very interesting uh, uh, path to, to take, especially when you're coming, you know, four or five years ago, when, where nobody actually almost heard within the investment community on shipping. I would, you know, I'd ask him. This is what we want to do. And I said, "What do you mean? Uh, what's maritime shipping?" do so "You know, ships. They only carry ninety percent of the world trade." And they're like, "Hmm, I don't have anybody in my rolodex that I can actually." I didn't go to business school with anybody from shipping, so I don't know who to ask. And so that that uh, added some complexity to uh, to the journey. But again, it's it's when you're doing it with full commitment, um, you you power through.
0: First of all, congratulations. I think that it takes a huge energy. It sounds everything very smart, but uh, I am sure uh, it took a lot of energy and dedication to arrive uh, where you are today. You have, been, uh, you have been talking about artificial intelligence. And today, it's a little bit one of these buzzword. And for us, it would be really interesting to know how you apply it to shipping can you give us a concrete example on how it is applied to ship management
1: Um, when it comes to the artificial intelligence it's interesting so i avoided using the words for a long time artificial intelligence machine learning Mm -hmm. deep learning all those buzzwords that in my perspective to the essence of what it is that we're doing, they really don't matter that much. Because at the end of the day, for me as a seafarer, for me as a mariner, right, I want to know what the system, how the system benefits me. I don't really care about what is, in, what is inside the appliance, what are the mechanics of it. From a marketing perspective, our team started noticing that everybody's expecting now to see the artificial intelligence. So, and indeed, what we do is is at the forefront of it, right? We are dealing with computer vision, image processing, deep learning. And so we started uh, uh, talking about it and highlighting it a little bit. And I think now with the whole chat, uh, GPT and AI models, I think it's actually going on the other side, right? There's now, it may be getting some negative, uh, negative edge to it. In in some circles at least, and so the the question is how do we apply those machine learning algorithms and and why on the on the ships? I think it would be helpful to understand the context in which we're operating. We are providing a fleet management solution. Its sole purpose essentially is to create that ship to shore collaboration, right? That is on event base, that raises analytics based on visual information and integrating additional data sources. So it's never just about the visual component. You have a ship or a number of vessels that are around the world. They are limited in bandwidth, right? To send the information because of the communication infrastructure. And you are taking video from a dozen or two dozen cameras on board a ship, which are very high amounts of data. In order to be able to get it ashore, and even once you have it ashore, let's say you you succeeded, you have over 10,000, per vessel, over 10,000 hours of video every single month on every single ship. And so no human eye can absorb all this information. And the question is then, how do we make the computer, how do we make the machine generate those insights for us? And what we're using is the machine learning aspect of you know, the computer vision of essentially teaching the machine to tell you this is a maintenance activity. It started here, it ended there. This is a safety occurrence. This is a security aspect, right? This is how navi- safe navigation is taking place and then communicating it to shore. And based on that, you run the analytics. So it is a very viable tool to actually generate insights on an automated path, right? And with rule-based. So what is good incorporating policies of the company and the machine essentially saying, this is uh, green, right? This is red, this is yellow. You need the attentions to it. Um, You know, we we, we see the computer vision, the machine learning aspect all around us. We believe um, that their value in shipping is even greater maybe then on land uh, installations.
0: Thank you, uh, Osher. What is your view on the digitalization level of the marine insurance industry? It looks like shipping is, was starting quite slow, but is catching up very rapidly. How do you see us as a marine insurer performing towards the digital transformation?
1: I think the trends will follow, right? I think, as you mentioned, now we see a lot of different initiatives that are coming up for, you know, ship tech, right? Technology that goes on board the vessels. I think as a result of that, we're getting a lot of, let's say, previously unavailable data that can be incorporated into insurance models. And that um, will be then, you know, you can then benchmark it and say, all right, so if I look, at other industries, how has the insurtech space progressed, and you know, made use of advanced solutions, a on the financial side or on changing behaviors within the, you know, whatever it is that you're insuring in that case? And so, I think that this is this is a natural. Uh, I, I'm not looking at it and saying, "Oh, it's all so, uh, backdated and so on." This is a space. Marine insurance has been working for centuries in a certain way. Uh, the industry has grown to be the, the backbone of global trade, right? There's always room for improvement. I think the, the trend uh, will follow suit in the sense that we already hear of models for insurance that are using some of these advanced models, and we already look at collaboration with existing, you know, p clubs, all machinery insurers, even brokers, right, to that level. That are coming and saying we understand that we in the claim management, in the risk engineering aspect, in the loss prevention, we have now better tools that we can use to to better the ways that you know how we do business.
0: Do you have any specific uh, suggestion on how we could speed up this uh, process, also on the basis of your experience? We,
1: we don't need to reinvent the wheel again. There, there, in every every industry around us, insurance has also mm-hmm. been amended and adapted to uh, new insights new uh, engineering uh, uh, models risk engineering models and i think when we look at those you know i I can take for example the the uh, automotive space right where you now have the ability to encourage i would say uh, safer driving based on the data that you're receiving from the vehicle on the operation of that asset, right? How fast you're driving, how close you're getting to other vehicles, how hard you're braking, and all of that changes essentially your premiums on a monthly basis. So there's variable premium calculation, just as one example. And so we now have access to that level of uh, information from vessels. And again, as that single single example that is close to how we look at things, I think there's a lot of value in adopting uh, or being able to adopt to, to uh, uh, encourage the adoption of such solutions uh, by the insurance even to the, to the ship owners, right? Because at the end of the day, it starts by getting the right infrastructure in place.
0: But uh, for me, the big question is, as you said, you, are, uh, you have got access to so many data, right? And the first thing is to clean this data to make sure that you are looking only at the relevant data. But how do we, as an insurance company, get access to the data that allow us to do a better risk assessment? Because this is what it's about, right?
1: Currently at In, we serve the ship owners and the ship managers. right? Our purpose is to help them automate um, yeah. more activities on board. Our job, our main mission, is to help the seafarers that are on board do their jobs, again, safer and more productive way. Over the last several decades, vessels have gotten significantly bigger, right? They carry a lot more cargo. Every incident that is taking place is at a much higher risk uh, uh, profile in the sense that the damages are significantly increased, right? Um, A, in terms of loss of cargo, B, in terms of loss of, you know, if you talk about even more, the, the loss of life or injuries, And also the environmental uh, concerns. When something happens, now there's expectation that, you know, full remedy of the the geographic area that uh, if, uh, say, a vessel uh, separated and there's uh, now oil uh, uh, leaking onto the shores and, and so on. So the risks are significantly higher. At the same time, the crew on board, given the market conditions, is getting smaller and smaller. So it's not matching the trend of how the vessels get additional constraints and additional pressure on them. So our first mission is to come and say, how do we make the human resource more on board? Uh, uh, How how do you augment it? How do we help the seafarers do what they need to do in a a, a very strong, positive, and secure manner? Then you come and say, all right, so we have their benefits in deploying these solutions in the loss prevention aspects. And so there is impact also on the, um the the risk profile of these uh, fleets now if i look at other you know you got back to your question given that background how do you get access to the data there are two two ways right one is you can have access to data on an aggregated level right that is not tied to the specific vessels and so on but secondly, there is also the ability of uh, uh, encouraging, subsidizing, creating programs to collaborate with the ship owners and ship management companies. I will go back many years ago now. There's a company out of Israel that was called uh, Mobili. It was since uh, acquired by, by Intel. Um, they, when I, I still lived, so I've been living in Boston for the last 11 years, but when I still lived in Tel Aviv, I, as I purchased my vehicle, the insurance came to me and said, look, there's this device you put on your dashboard. It helps you drive better. And it gives us the aggregated information on conditions of roads and how people are driving hours of the day and and so on. And so for that, we will give you a 10% discount on the premium. So there was an encouragement from the insurer to come and say, adopt these solutions that are helping the overall conditions on the roads, right? That are reducing the losses. And I think that This is the state we are in now in marine insurance. Insurers in the industry understand that we have to do something that is better than what we've done uh, until now, right? The the challenges are, are bigger. And so I think taking a step of leadership and saying, within our tools as marine insurers, how can we encourage the adoption of these advanced solutions within the industry? How do we work with our members, right, with our customers on uh, improving the the methods in which they do what they do?
0: Now, I have one last question, if you allow. How do you see the role of a startup in digitalizing uh, marine insurance?
1: Okay, so there's this notion within ship owners and ship management companies, which are large organizations, usually highly capitalized, and there is something about being a seafarer and being a ship owner that it's, it's about self-reliance, right? It's about you go out to sea and whatever you're facing, waves, electronic issues, navigation issues, you name it, it's on you to deal with, right? And so there's a self a level of self-reliance that I think is applying into how the industry is doing its business, um, which is a beautiful thing to see. When you compare how you know how they view at least uh, the large organizations, the ability to collaborate or adopt new solutions, I think, in my perspective, it, it's not the the best method forward to come and say we will do it. We have enough vessels. Let us develop it in house, and they try to change you know like their skin in a way. And from a, a ship owner that their bread and butter and is operating the vessels they try and become a software company. And the DNA sometimes is a mismatch, right? And so I think that generally, the advantage of startup companies, and I, I use the word startup loosely, right? I can still talk about a $6 billion company as a startup because of its growth trajectory and how they focus on digital solution and innovation. The role of these companies a metaphor from the shipping world you have the the big freighter, the you know the, the three hundred and twenty meter ship versus a commando boat, right? To change course and to understand that you need to adapt and do something a little bit different on a three hundred and twenty meter ship is a little bit, you know, it's starboard ten. You wait for the turn. It takes some time. On a on a commando boat, you just you maneuver very quickly to find the right path and the most ideal uh, way forward. And so the role. Of the startup companies in shipping, and then we'll talk also about the, the insurance, which is kind of similar. Is to look at what is available, what makes sense in terms of benefiting the business operations as you have it within your organization, and then give the feedback constantly for the improvement of the solutions. And obviously, you don't have the bandwidth within the, or these organizations, especially shipping organizations, that are limited kind of narrow corporate structure to do so many. And so you look at the maturity level, right? Whether the products are actually there and whether it is differentiated enough to give you the value that you require. And I think it's the same within the marine insurance, right? You have the way you're doing the the, the business. And here are models that have been used successfully elsewhere that now are being fitted with specific IP for the marine space. And so I think that fostering the innovation um, and walking alongside these organizations is the right way to, to move forward.
0: Thank you, Oscar, for this great uh, chat and also for uh, being an NIUMI IPP. For us, uh, the contribution with uh, innovator and disruptors like you is key, really, to bring also the message into our uh, community. Thank you very much, and I am sure you will be very, very successful. Thank you, Osher.
1: Thank you, Patricia. It's, it's, uh, a, it's a pleasure to be a member of Ayumi and collaborate with this great uh, community. Um, and thank you for having me today and kinda allowing us to share a little bit of our story. I appreciate the time and the opportunity to
0: speak. Thank you.